Welcome back to the Devin Nunes podcast. This week, a day early, sometimes most of the time we go on Friday, a little bit earlier today. But I wanted to make sure that we could squeeze in John Solomon from Just the News because John, who's been on the show many, many times, um, who's a one-man machine in Washington with a very, I shouldn't say one man, you've got a very good team behind you, we John. Do. But yeah, we do. you're a machine. And I don't know what would happen if you know something happened to you or if you decided to retire uh, there'd be nobody doing any news there in Washington, D.C., because most of the bigger news outlets like Sean Hannity, Fox News, they're relying on the work that you do at Just the News. And of course, you have your Thank podcast you. that, that people can yeah. listen to. Uh, you've got your books that you've written. And uh, John, it is a it is an honor and privilege to have you on this morning because you broke a lot of news here in the last week. And we're going to try to get through it involving um, the what we are calling the Biden bribery bribery files. <laughs> I like it. It sounds even sexier than the Twitter files. <laughs> I know. That's great. Well, John, um, so take people back to the first, in, the, what I call the Ukraine impeachment hoax. Yeah. Uh, I was unfortunately had to lead the effort for the Republicans yes. uh, to try to get to the bottom of it. And from day one, um, we, we couldn't understand because there was all this talk that Trump and Rudy Giuliani and even you, John Solomon, yeah. uh, you were getting Russian disinformation from Ukrainian <laughs> oligarchs. Yeah. You were spreading it out there and it was, it, it was all lies. Now, what was the truth even at that time? Well, even at that funny. time, there were two stories that had been yeah. out there that date back to, I think, late 2015, early 2016, that yeah. tie Hunter Biden and the Bidens to Ukraine with all sorts of problems. Um, those were not your stories. They weren't Republican stories. They were actually mm. in the fake news. And it's kind of funny, the authors of those stories have kind of slidden away. They almost don't want to acknowledge those stories. Because yeah. what we assume at the time, if, if to take everybody back, and I know we get lost in timelines, but the dates are very important. Yep. In 2015, Joe Biden was the sitting vice president. He was Hillary Clinton's really only potential rival. And he was rattling his sabers. His team was ramping up. He was preparing a campaign. And then, bam. Two fake news stories come out, or in the fake news, they, they happen to be real. They were planted yeah. probably uh, by Team Clinton or somebody I around that's her. Right. Yeah. Um, those stories run, and it was yes, basically sir. a shot across the bow to Biden. And shortly after that, in early 2016, Biden just kind of disappears, says, oh, I'm not going to run. I'm just a vice president. And he's yeah. gone from the scene. Um, and then, of course, when... Uh, all kinds of money is flowing to Ukraine uh, during the Trump administration. It was after the Mueller impeachment, the Russia hoax had completely collapsed on the Democrats. I remember that uh, I was overseas somewhere on an intelligence trip and I'm getting all these calls about whistleblowers. There's whistleblowers and Ukraine and bribery and, and uh, Trump and Trump's trying to do something. He's trying to get investigations going on his politi main political opponent, Joe Biden. And I'm sitting there going, number one, Joe Biden, I thought he was gone from the scene. Is he really going to try to run for president in 2020? That seems kind of silly. But of course, there's there's corruption in Ukraine. Everybody knows it. Exactly. Uh, every time I went to Ukraine, 
uh, or to that region, everybody, the State Department, everybody say, oh, they're totally corrupt. You got to watch what you do. We got to talk about transparency, rule of law, blah, blah, blah. So the idea that President Trump would be on a call and say, hey, we hear there's some problems and we, we also hear that there's some Biden problems that, that yeah. maybe the kid and Burisma and all this. Trump brings that up on a phone call as he should, as we were still even during the Trump administration, we were giving the Ukrainian government all kinds of money. Um, so that kind of gets people up to speed. Uh, and then as we tried to make that case, the Democrats, they didn't give a damn. They moved forward, John. They trashed you. Um, they tried to get, actually, I think they they successfully did get some of your stories pulled down. I think you were at the Hill at the time, but maybe mm -hmm. walk people through that time frame when all that comes out and you get trashed for just the stories that you were doing and putting together. And then we'll get to your new stories. Yeah, there's a moment. I've never told this anecdote, but I'm going to tell it today for the first time. So, uh, you know, the Justice Department looked all this uh, after Joe Biden became president. They were looking at this. They were looking at Rudy Giuliani. They were looking at one of my former attorneys, Victoria Tensing and Joe uh, DeGeneva. And I made a decision to cooperate with the investigation. My sources were comfortable with it. And of course, everybody thought, well, John was getting stuff from Ukrainians and Rudy Giuliani, and it was all Russian disinformation. And then I said, well, let me just show you my source documents. And they discovered that I was alerted to the Hunter Biden story, not from a Russian, not from a Ukrainian, not from a lawyer of President Trump, not from Rudy Giuliani. I was alerted by the FBI, the same FBI officials that had alerted me to so many of the abuses that you so valiantly chronicled in Russia collusion. I was finishing up the Russia collusion work in 18 and 19, following the great work you did, confirming your report that once had been called uh, fake news. And it turned out you were right. And Adam Schiff was wrong on every point. I'm doing the finishing touches on my reporting. And I get slipped around Christmas of 2018, some information from federal law enforcement and the FBI that the FBI has some reason to be concerned about Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and dealings in Ukraine, uh, possibly a bribery situation. And you could imagine the shock in the Justice Department when they found out that, uh, that what they thought was information coming from Ukraine and Rudy Giuliani actually came from them. It was their department that gave it to me. And uh, that was a fun moment. But yeah, listen, there were people in the government that, who believed that what Joe Biden had done in 15 and 16 and what his son had done uh, not only created the appearance of conflict interest, but as I recently chronicled with a new document I got from the State Department, that Joe Biden had undercut anti-corruption efforts in uh, Ukraine by, one, allowing his son to work for one of the most, uh, what had been deemed one of the most corrupt companies in Ukraine. You have to work hard to be deemed the most corrupt in Ukraine. And two, uh, that he fired a prosecutor who I, I was told at the time uh, really didn't deserve to be fired. And of course, we found the videotape and right. that public in April of 19. And right after I wrote my story, the New York Times, ABC News, the traditional media confirmed my story. And then a, then a fake whistleblower comes out and says, John Solomon has it all wrong. And this is a concoction of Joe, uh, uh, Donald Trump and Rudy Giuliani. They had no idea where I was getting yeah. the information from. So, so John, that's 2000, that's 2019. Summer so, 2019. Yeah, so, a, so Mueller implodes, Mueller comes yeah, to, the, right? to the Congress. Um, yeah. He implodes in dramatic fashion because, you know, he didn't know anything. He, he right. asked to repeat the question. It's now on Jeopardy, yeah. by the way, now. Yeah. Uh, there's a question about that. Moeller said, like, I don't know, 100 times. Can you re repeat the question? It's a Jeopardy yeah. question. I yeah. saw it last week. Um, <laughs> so Moeller didn't know what the hell was going on because, look, from the day and I said this from the, beginning, the day that Moeller walked in the door in yeah. early 2017, 
He said, where are the Russians? And all the FBI geniuses and DOJ jackasses said, uh, sir, there are no Russians, but we're yeah. going to go prosecute everybody and we're going to make That's the right. process the crime. We're going to go out and yeah. say they're obstructing. We're going to do all these weird, um, not weird, corrupt type of setups uh, on yeah. people that are in and around the entire Trump orbit. Yeah. Um, and I said from the very the very beginning, the only thing we knew that was a crime was DOJ FBI leaks that were coming out about General Flynn. There were transcripts of President Trump talking to the Mexican president, the Australian yes, prime sir. minister. There was. Those were the crimes, but nobody wanted to follow those. So by the time Mueller gets done, two years, $50 yeah. million, of course there's nothing. Yeah, um, listen, I, I, I want to say something about Bob Mueller because I, I actually know this to be true from my reporting. He took the case seriously looking at it, and within a couple of months he realized, oh, my God, have they given me a stink bomb? And how do we know that? He never once tried to investigate the Steele dossier. Why? Because the second he took over, he was told it was garbage. And then he was told that whole computer thing, the Alpha Bank computer thing, which we now know to be garbage, also was garbage. And when he determined when his when he determined those two things early on that the main thing he was asked to investigate was all yeah. made up, he clearly lost interest. He left it to his deputies like Andrew Weissman, and of course they just ran wild with uh, you know process crimes. Because right. the main story that had gotten the investigation approved was bogus from the beginning. He lost interest in it. I've talked to people around Bob. I was like, once he realized that he got hired to do a job that was based on total fiction, he just lost interest. Now, and the then, right thing would have been to shut it down, but he didn't. And, and obviously, he was a guy, like a lot of our politicians today, that yeah. was including our president, that had, by that point, mentally, John, he wasn't there. And I mean, yeah. that's a whole other crime. How did you leave that... Number one, did nobody know this going in? Maybe he was better when it first started, but clearly yeah. within months of that, this is a guy you never saw him. You didn't know what was yeah. going on. Clearly some um, health issues were going on. There's no doubt we see it. Yeah, There, there had to have been. So yeah. everybody you know, in and around yeah, Moeller true. knew they loved it because he was basically a puppet and they were just moving the puppet mm -hmm. strings. So he implodes. We're not here yes. to talk about Moeller or the That's Russia right. hoax, but right, it is important right. because then almost on cue, John, they're all panicked. Mueller implodes within weeks. There's a, and Donald Trump says it's a perfect phone call, yeah. which it was a perfect phone call because yeah. there was corruption in Ukraine. We're sending, and you know, Trump and, and a lot of Republicans in Congress do not like just giving blank checks. That's we know right. there's been corruption there for years. So Donald Trump says, Hey, we hear there's a lot of stuff uh, there. Biden, what do you, you know, if you have anything, what does he do? Follow the law, get it to our attorney general. We want to know right. what happened here because Shokin. And let yeah. me so so Shokin, who is the prosecutor looking yeah. into Ukrainian prosecutor looking into Burisma, supposedly trying to clean this up. I, I remember at the time during as we were going through this this investigation on the Ukraine Ukraine impeachment hoax, every indication that we had was that Shokin was doing a good job. Yeah. And we assume that. How did the policy change to where all of a sudden Shokin was doing a bad job and he was yeah. immediately fired? We didn't, none of that made sense. We we assumed at the time with circumstantial evidence that in fact the State Department's position was that Shokin was doing a really good job and should That's stay right. in there. But somehow that policy changed. We didn't know how. But I want to play the first video that everybody's seen yeah. Um, about Joe, Joe Biden uh, ask, actually bragging about getting Shokin fired. Yeah. Uh, let's play that now. Then we'll come back on the other side, John. And then we're going to we're going to get to your story and what you've learned.
Great. The press conference said, no, nah. I said, I'm not going to, we're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours. I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Well, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. And they put in place someone who was solid at the time. <laughs> every you time know, I so, see that, yeah. every that time last I see that, line, John, yeah, I see right. this, right? He, he knows he's lying he is. because he goes to his nose and he scratches it a little bit. Yeah. He probably knows he shouldn't be saying that. And then he says, oh, then we got a prosecutor who was solid, who was solid. He doesn't even know who the hell a prosecutor was because he knows exactly what he did at the time. Yeah. Um, he changed the policy, John. And why don't you tell us how we, you how know, you there, that last line about the prosecutor being solid is so funny to me now, because uh, the man who uh, succeeded him is a guy named Lusenko. And he's the guy that gives me the first interview on the record. I interviewed the attorney general of Ukraine and I got slammed. Oh my God, you're talking to Ukrainian attorney general. He's um, uh, he's crooked, like all of them. And the answer was, well, Joe Biden said he's solid. Oh no, we can't take that one. Well, yes, I can. He's on tape saying, no, no, no. He's the Democrats changed anything they wanted to make it look like anything they they wanted at the moment, and they were lying all along. You're right. The little scratch in the nose gives away. Right? That's an old tick that you learn when someone's lying. First off, it wasn't a six-hour episode. It was a four-month episode. Joe Biden goes in December, makes the threat. Uh, President Poroshenko doesn't want to do it. Why? Because one, Shokin's the godfather of his children. And two, there's no evidence it, uh, that Shokin had done anything wrong. And what we were told at the time is, oh, yeah, uh, Joe Biden did do that. You caught him on tape. He did it. But he wasn't doing that because the guy was investigating his son, uh, son's company, Burisma. He did it because it was official U.S. policy. He was told to do it by the bureaucrats. He had no choice. And I, I when I heard this at the time, uh, you, uh, Congressman, you and I talked about this. It didn't make sense to me. Shokin had been in the job like four or five months. There's no chance that he had made an assessment whether he was crooked or not. He just got started. This would be like firing the manager in the third game of the season. You don't do it, right? So uh, I started a process. It took me four years to start this process. But I sued. I filed FOIAs. I sued. I met with dozens of State Department officials privately off campus over four years. And last week or about 10 days ago, I put out the results of that investigation. What did we find out? Shokin wasn't crooked. In fact, Joe Biden's top expert on Ukraine, Victoria Nuland, now Joe Biden's undersecretary of state, actually sent a letter to Victor Shokin in the summer of 2015, just before Joe Biden starts this business, saying, you're doing a great job. We're impressed. Keep it up. That, that letter came from him, was hand-delivered by the U.S. ambassador to Shokin, and it invoked the name of John Kerry. You don't send a letter like that unless you mean what you say. Two months later, the career officials, the ones that Joe Biden said made me do it, they met as a task force. It was called the Inter Interagency Policy uh, Committee. And they were supposed to make a recommendation about does Joe Biden give the billion dollars to Ukraine in December or not? And they recommended wholeheartedly, unanimously, that uh, Ukraine had made enough progress on uh, anti-corruption reforms under Viktor Shokin, very similar to the letter, right, uh, that Ukraine should get the billion dollars. Uh, a couple of weeks later, Joe Biden follows that policy. He has a conversation on November 4th with uh, uh, President Poroshenko, Petro Poroshenko of Ukraine, and he tells him, you're getting the billion dollars. And then all of a sudden, uh, shit hits the fan, pardon the language, uh, 
with Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden suddenly is getting pressured by his company, uh, Burisma, to do something by Victor Shokin. Why? Victor Shokin had started an effort to ban um, uh, Mr. Zolchevsky, the owner of Burisma, Hunter Biden's boss, from coming back to the country, and he was going to seize his assets, re-seize his property, his cars, and his money. And uh, Mr. Zolchevsky wasn't happy because he thought he had hired Hunter Biden to prevent these things from going on. That's what Devin Archer told us. And it's at that moment, uh, Hunter Biden has a conversation one of, with one of Joe Biden's closest advisors, Amos Hochstein, early November of uh, 2015, about a day or two after Joe Biden just followed U.S. policy by telling the Ukrainian president, you're getting a billion dollars. Everything's good. Keep it up. And then uh, Hunter goes into panic. He's being pressed by the officer, uh, by his company. Get Joe Biden on the phone. We need your friends in D.C. Joe Biden's about to go to Ukraine. And over the Thanksgiving holiday, this is what the document showed, November 2015, while we were all getting ready cooking our turkeys, uh, Joe Biden and his top aides were cooking up a plan. They were going to flip-flop the recommendation they had gotten, and they were going to go to Ukraine and say, you got to get rid of Victor Shokin. You got to fire him, and, and son of a B, if you don't, do that, we're going to uh, take the billion-dollar loan guarantee away from them. Now, what's amazing about this, what the documents show, is that their own ambassador did not know that Joe Biden had made this uh, change. You know why? He wasn't invited to the meeting. He says so in some Senate testimony. I, I wasn't CC'd on this document. I didn't know about it. I was kept out of the loop. In early January, the State Department, after we come back from Christmas, finds out what Joe Biden did. There's a leak in the Ukrainian newspaper saying, hey, uh, Ukraine's told they're not going to get the billion dollars unless they fire Viktor Shokin. And the State Department says, hey, what's up with that? The ambassador who wasn't in the loop says, uh-oh, we better buck our seatbelt. Something's going on here. And uh, the State Department officials are like, well, wait a second. I want to remind everybody, this is the recommendation we gave you. We told you to give the billion dollars and keep the prosecutor. And everybody's amused. In fact, one of the persons that's amused is a guy named Eric Charmelli. You know that name pretty well because he was the whistleblower that blew the whistle on Donald Trump. He well, act Actually, John, just to correct you, yeah. we actually never knew the name of the whistleblower. Yeah, that's right. Because Adam Schiff is the only wouldn't one that you. ever knew this whistleblower. It was a yeah. phony whistleblower. We never right. knew who it was. And he wouldn't give it to us. And he says, oh, this person will get killed. This person will die. Right. Why are you trying to out these secret agents? Yeah. So I couldn't tell you today if it was Eric Tremello or no. not. We the have only confirmed. reason I know yeah. uh, or, or assume that it's true is because of all the news out there yeah. that, that's out there that says that this was the supposed whistleblower. But yeah. we never that's got right. to talk to him. I never that's knew a good the point. Name. Yeah. And John, we were able to confirm it. Yeah. We, yeah, but, we but, just the news did that. We but, found but out. We never knew back at that time who it was. Isn't that amazing? We weren't able to talk to him. Uh, we weren't able to even see him because we were said it's going to, you know, the guy's life's in danger, just a yeah. bunch of bullshit. Yeah, of course. But, but here's the other problem that yeah. people need to understand. I'm the lead Republican at the time working with guys like Jim Jordan, um, um, Lee um, Zeldin. Lee Zeldin from New York. Yeah. Um, our intelligence committee members and, you know, John Ratcliffe at the time. Yeah. And we're all sitting there going, okay, give us all the information. You know, we were supposed to get everything that the state department possibly had. And remember, this was That's a state right. department that was under the Trump administration, the Trump administration, right. Mike Pompeo ordered, was in charge. Yeah, yeah. Secretary Pompeo was in charge, ordered the state department, give Congress everything. Yeah. Now where's the crime there, John? <laughs> they hid that stuff from Congress that was yeah. clearly exculpatory. That's you right. had to fight for four years to get it. We never got it. And so you know, when people say in the fake news, they say, oh, deep state and conspiracy theorists and all that. 
this is how sick they become that yeah. these are crimes. And President Trump was impeached at the same time the State Department people within there were committing crimes by by lying to Congress. Yeah. And all these documents were kept. And, and remember, we brought in a whole bunch of people that were there at the time. We interviewed them. And it was weird at the time because you could tell they were they were basically lying or telling half truths because they were just in there like, oh, golly shucks. Um, I don't know. I don't remember. I don't have a clue. Well, they were all lying. And four or five yeah. of them, number one, the people who didn't provide the documents, whether it was DOJ, yeah. FBI, or the State Department, they should be prosecuted for sure. lying and misleading Congress. But many other people that we interviewed at the time should have also been prosecuted and still should be prosecuted because it was a grand conspiracy. Ironically, what they've been indicting Trump for is exactly what they've been doing starting back in 2015 and 16, whether it was the Russia hoax, the Ukraine impeachment yeah. hoax, or anything else. So I want to play a video of the former ambassador to Ukraine, John. It's right. a, it's a, but, and then I want to get you to comment on it. Yeah. Here it is. And they thought that Hunter Biden's role at Burisma might be significant enough that it would come up uh, during your confirmation. Is that correct? Apparently so. I mean, there were hundreds of questions. Well, um, hundreds of questions, but were there hundreds of companies? Um, how many companies other than Burisma did the Obama-Biden State Department prepare you to give answers for? And if so, if there were others, which ones? I just don't recall. You don't recall that there were any other companies, is that correct? I'm quite sure there probably were some companies, but I, I, I mean, you know, this is a while ago and I don't recall. But you specifically recall Burisma? Yes. All right. Out of thousands of companies in the Ukraine, the only one that you recall the Obama-Biden State Department preparing you to answer questions about was the one where the vice president's son was on the board. Is that fair? Yes. Uh, you understood from uh, Deputy Assistant Secretary George Kent's testimony, as it's been related to you, um, that he testified a few days ago. Do you understand that that arrangement, Hunter Biden's um, role on the Burisma board, caused him enough concern that, as he testified in uh, his statement, that in February of 2015, I raised my concern that Hunter Biden's status as a board member could create the perception of a conflict of interest. He went on to talk about the vice president's responsibilities over the Ukraine and or over Ukraine, Ukrainian policy as one of those factors. Do you recall that? Yes. Did you ever, do you agree with that? Yeah. That it was a legitimate concern to raise? I, I think that it could raise um, the appearance of a conflict of interest. Well, John, there we go. Doesn't recall, doesn't remember. What do you take from that? Uh, next week we're gonna. Next week we're gonna put some photos out that the State Department uh, officials provided me, and that we have now found that were deleted from the internet. But people will see Marie Ivanovich had contacts with Burisma, a company she said she thought was corrupt or that the State Department thought corrupt. We're going to show you those photos next week. Um, listen, uh, Marie Ivanovich wasn't there when Joe Biden made the switch. It was an earlier uh, ambassador. And as she sort of becomes an accidental proxy for the Democrats 
story that they were trying to tell at impeachment. I don't think that story holds up very well. I'm going to give you three things we know. The first story was, yeah, Joe Biden fired the guy, but it was U.S. policy. Actually, it wasn't U.S. policy. Joe Biden did the opposite of what the United States career officials told him to do. The second thing we were told was that, yeah, Joe Biden created, or Hunter Biden created the appearance of a conflict of interest. You saw that there in that clip, but it never really affected our U.S. policy. It didn't actually change anything about the United States. I was given a classified email. I published it recently. It was only classified at the confidential level. It is George Kent, the man mentioned there, uh, to Marie Ivanovich. It's at the very end of the Obama administration, just as Donald Trump, Donald Trump's won the election. He's about to take over. And George Kent sends an email to Marie Ivanovich saying, opposite of what you just heard that testimony, uh, somebody should go tell Vice President Joe Biden, his son Hunter, undercut our anti-corruption activities. He did have an effect. He undercut our anti-corruption activities by associating with Burisma and sending a mixed message to the Ukrainians that the vice president's son could work for a corrupt company, but we're telling you to crack down on corruption. That document is now public. Think about that. We went through a whole impeachment and we were told the call wasn't, the call was something wrong. There was no reason for Joe, uh, Donald Trump to ask for an investigation. There was a huge reason to ask for an investigation. Joe Biden didn't change policy. He only carried out a request to fire the prosecutor. That wasn't true. And Hunter Biden had nothing, had no impact on U.S. policy. And their own email that they kept from the committee showed that he acts, they believed Hunter Biden had undercut their anti-corruption activities in Ukraine. The stories that we were given during the impeachment trial and in those fake truth watches at the Washington Post and New York Times, they were not true. The truth was sitting in these documents. They were just kept from the American people until a few short weeks ago. Right. And they were kept from Congress, which, as I'll, I'll just reiterate again, is a crime. Yeah. And all of the people that we just had them on the screen there, uh, George Kent, uh, Ambassador Taylor, Ivanovich, that we who we just saw in being questioned by John Ratcliffe back in the time yeah. during the, the the fake impeachment inquiry yeah. or fake impeachment uh, trial. Um, John, it's just amazing how these career officials had total amnesia at the time. Somehow all of those documents weren't given to us and they let this happen. I mean, I actually blame and look, I understand they're afraid. They're afraid of the left. They're afraid of what would happen yeah. to them. But it's impossible. I mean, it's just it's impossible that these people all had amnesia and didn't know that Biden had changed this policy. Yeah. And furthermore, there's an additional story that you also broke last week. We've got a picture of Hunter Biden there in the famous Corvette that almost yeah. burned down in a fire. Um, that almost caught fire and supposedly according to John Joe Biden when he was in uh, in Hawaii a couple weeks ago. Yeah. But there was an, there's a whole another slash of emails, John, um, about Hunter Biden, how he moves quickly to try to cover up when they're starting to figure out that there's this issue. People are starting to ask questions. That's right. And they're asking questions going back to the beginning here. We're putting this. It's all coming full circle yep. because somebody because Biden's making waves like he's going to run for he's going to run for uh, president somebody's leaking this stuff out yeah um but hunter biden's trying to then cover this up and so john talk about what you uncovered about about those emails and what you've learned about the hunter biden attempted cover-up of why he's sitting on the Brisma board but also does it relate to any of these now emails that are under Robert Peters or something at the National Archives, another corrupt organization within the U.S. government. Uh, there's nothing they haven't corrupted, but there's now some 5,000 emails where Joe Biden was using um, some fake false name. Um, and are, are these related? Are they not related? But, but, but tell us what you found. 
So uh, these emails are from the laptop and from business partners of Hunter Biden that weren't a laptop, but they were shared with us. What did they show? They show that Joe, uh, that when the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times started approaching Hunter Biden in the fall of 2015, at the moment, the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times approached Hunter Biden saying, hey, we're going to write a story because the prosecutor is going after your company. You're on this company. It's a bad look, maybe. Uh, at that moment, Joe Biden and the, uh, the U.S. policies were going to keep choking and give the billion dollars. The, the more those two reporting organizations, the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times, start asking questions about Hunter Biden, now Joe Biden starts flipping the recommendation. He starts changing it. His staff starts changing it separate of the career recommendation. And by December uh, 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, which is the eve of when Joe Biden goes to Ukraine and makes the famous threat, they, uh, if you don't uh, fire the prosecutor, you're not getting a billion dollars, the, the Biden White House team is now involved in trying to orchestrate or change those stories or push back on those stories, which means Joe Biden knew before he went to Ukraine, made the threat that Victor Shokin and Burisma were about to create a problem for his son. And then he goes over and does the opposite of what his career people had told him. The, the, the parallel of the pressure that Hunter Biden was under and Joe Biden flip-flopping the policy, it tracks perfectly on a timeline. When you put them on a timeline, the worst things we're getting for Hunter Biden over Victor Shokin and uh, possible press stories about it, the, wor the sudden movement from Joe Biden staff from going to, we're going to follow the recommendation to, oh, we're changing the recommendation. We're going to withhold the billion dollars until he fires Shokin. And there's a remarkable conversation. The day that Petro Poroshenko, the Ukraine prosecutor, calls um, uh, President, Vice President Biden and says, all right, I got Shokin to resign. The first thing he says is, we didn't have a reason to do it, but we did it anyway, sir, because you made us do it. That is a recorded phone conversation. Petro Poroshenko's staff recorded that conversation. They leaked it uh, after the impeachment trial. Petro Poroshenko did it only because Joe Biden forced him. He didn't have a reason as the, the leader of Ukraine to do it. He tells the vice president in the recording, uh, Joe Biden forced something that he had no right to do that was opposite of the policy. And then he lied about it along with all of his media acolytes and the fact checkers and Adam Schiff. And it took us four years to get the truth to the American people. Yeah. So, John, what, uh, if anything, we have on the screen, the National Archives, there's 5,400 Biden students. Yeah, that's my email. foil. Yeah. Um, what do we, is this related um, or do we know yet? Have we, do we know we, what's in those, in those 5,400 emails? Yeah. When, when I uh, exploited the uh, Hunter Biden laptop first, I authenticated with the FBI, confirmed that it was real. I did some data checks to make sure that nothing had happened. We noticed something that there had been the deletion of certain emails and that some of the deletions appeared to point to these alias email addresses. There were about um, three addresses that we had, Robert L. Peters, uh, Robin Ware, and R.A.B. Ware. Uh, and two were Gmail accounts. One was at a thing called PCI.gov, which does not look to be an authentic uh, email domain. Um, we saw that there might have been some deletion. There was some metadata that suggested that there had been the existence of some emails to these accounts and they're wiped out. So we put a FOIA in in the beginning of 2021. Uh, 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 we were turned down. The Southeastern Legal Foundation came to my assistance. We recently got an answer from the National Archives is we're not giving the emails, but we'll let you know that there's nearly 5,400 emails to and from those accounts that are responsive to your FOIA. And of course, last week, we, the Southeastern Legal Foundation was kind enough to sue to try to compel the disclosure. There is only one email that we know for certain is relevant to the Ukraine 
controversy. And that is about three months after Joe Biden succeeded in getting Victor Shokin fired. So May of 2016, the, uh, the, the time sequence is Joe Biden makes the threat in December. He makes up the story that it was a six-hour thing. It's just another great Joe Biden whopper. Ukraine actually doesn't force Shokin out until March after lots of pressure. In May, two months after President Poroshenko, un, you know, against his will, fires Shokin, uh, Joe Biden has a follow-up call with Petro Poroshenko, a very sensitive foreign meter leading. And that, in the, the night before that's happening, Joe Biden's staff doesn't jo email Joe Biden on his official government account that he has a meeting coming. He does it to one of these uh, alias accounts. Uh, and who do they CC in it? The one guy in the family that has a Ukrainian business interest, Hunter Biden. So that caught our interest. It's why we put the original FOIA in. We've known about the email. We don't know what else is there, but we know there are 5,400 emails between a fake email account, a, a pseudonym account. Why does the vice president of the United States need a pseudonym account? I don't know, but he had one. And we're going to get to the bottom. It's Southeastern Legal Foundation is determined to find out. Now, there's one other instance in these private email accounts that I want to point out because it goes to this idea that Joe Biden and Hunter Biden mixed government business with uh, maybe private interests. Earlier, in one of the earlier pseudonym accounts, I think it's robinware456 at gmail.com. Robinware was a pseudonym. 456 is the uh, prefix for the White House. You know, that's a, the number you call to reach a, a White House number. Uh, Joe Biden finds out a sensitive piece of information from the U.S. Embassy in Islamabad that an American who was held hostage, held prisoner there, was going to be secret released in the next couple of days. It was a sensitive matter. If it had come out that they were thinking about releasing him, he could have scuttled the release. Joe Biden transfers or his staff transfers that information from his official account to his private account. When he hits his private account, he then sends this private sensitive information for the embassy. It wasn't classified, but it's very sensitive. And he sends it to Joe uh, to Hunter Biden. Now, why would he do that? What interest does Hunter Biden have in Turkey, the, uh, the man who is being held hostage? We don't know yet, but it's the sort of thing that government officials aren't supposed to do. Take something from a government system, move it to a private system, share it to a person oh, who isn't oh. clear to get it. Maybe it was classified documents, classified emails, possibly, John. Yeah, I don't think so. The the uh, the original email wasn't marked classified, but it's clearly sensitive information, right? If well, you know, no, but but as you know, yeah, when the fake news and the yeah. corrupt DOJ and FBI, they take all, even sensitive stuff, sure. and they say it's classified. Yeah, yeah, it could I mean, be. They do. So there's no markings on it. So I want to give the uh, the president, current president, the benefit of the doubt. But that's no, said, I understand. Look, you're you're yeah. a real news guy, but I just know yeah. that if that was yeah. Republicans, they would say they would claim sure. that that was of course they would by document. Of course they would. Um, so John, I, I want to get to one other subject because you have, you have some breaking news just in the last hour. I mm -hmm. want to get to, but we do have a, a a good question that I think is relevant uh, from Bubba Gump Shrimp. On one of our true social users, <laughs> I don't know if it's really Bubba Gump Shrimp or not, but um, he asked about Obama and whether or not Obama knew about this, and you know, or was Obama outsmarted by Biden? And this gets to the larger question that I've had for the Republicans: that look, you can do an impeachment inquiry on Biden, yep. and 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 look at everything to do with Hunter and Biden, yep. but you're going to miss the the real criminality here, yeah. which is all the former Obama Biden officials that were involved in Russia hoax, Ukraine impeachment hoax, uh, January 6th, uh, all the corruption that you see at the DOJ, uh, the situation with all of these indictments around the country against Trump. If you don't look at, at, at Obama, the former and current administration officials, DOJ and FBI, 
your impeachment inquiry is going to go after a guy who's probably not going to be president uh, anyway, either because yeah. he's going to lose or he's not going to end up running. So can you comment on that just briefly? I want everybody that photo you just had on screen. Just remember that photo. Next week, I'm going to make uh, evidence available from an earlier whistleblower who first blew the whistle on Hunter Biden back in 2016. And when he's blowing the whistle and sharing this information first with his bank and then the United States government, he uses that photo to highlight the fact that Hunter Biden, Joe Biden. This is and for those of you listening later on audio. The photo is it looks at uh, Hunter Biden, Joe Biden and Barack Obama at a basketball game at a basketball game. Yeah. yeah. He uses a version of that photo in his presentation to alert everybody that Hunter Biden is really super tied to Joe Biden and Barack Obama, and yet he's moving this money around and it concerns him enough to go to the United States government back in 2016, way earlier than any other known investigation or concern about Hunter, Joe, and Barack Obama. There, Newt Gingrich was on my podcast yesterday. He said, listen, I think Republicans are missing the, the boat. Uh, Barack Obama had a criminal enterprise running under him, according to Newt Gingrich. Why? You had Hillary and Bill Clinton going, shaking some foreign people down for their foundation and for their speech fees. Hunter and Joe Biden going out and shaking people down for private businesses. There's no way Barack Obama doesn't know that they're dealing with untoward people and making money overseas in countries that we all have yeah. a very na big national security concern. Joe Hunter Biden, uh, uh, Barack Obama has to come into the questioning that goes on. Well, and, and John, yeah. you don't have to. It's right. It's sitting right in front of it our is. faces. That it we is always sitting forget. in front of us. At, in 2016, yep. after Donald Trump wins the presidency, yep. after the House Intelligence Committee gets briefed, there was yep. no shenanigans at all yep. in the election. Right. After Thanksgiving, it's Barack Obama and his whole administration that launched the Russia hoax. So, yes. The Hillary Clinton campaign, they started the hoax, yep. but Obama was briefed in August before the election that it That's was, right. in fact, a hoax and a campaign ploy. Yep. It's Obama and his team that did this, that started the whole Russia hoax. So this is not some Newt Gingrich conspiracy. It's, it's the not. truth. It's all not. roads lead to Obama and he's got all these corrupt people around him. James so, Comer. Uh, but James Comer came on and picked up on Newt Gingrich's theme last night on my show. And he said, you know what? Uh, we have to find out what Barack Obama knew and when he knew it. it. Either the U.S. government kept the president in the dark about two of his top underlings uh, shaking foreign interest down for money, or he knew and he covered it up. That is really, really the only two options here. A remarkable twist. That I think you're going to hear Barack Obama a lot more in the next few months. Yeah, I mean, that. look, he needs to be subpoenaed and brought and hauled in. This is, yeah. I mean, this guy, you know, could have stopped all of this after the election. We could have had a smooth transition Yep. It was the Democrats who never let President Trump uh, be president. They started all kinds of hoaxes, all kinds of investigations. Yep. Um, and it's a slippery slope now that we're in a banana republic. I think, you know, the seriousness of, the, uh, seriousness of all of this is becoming frightening for the future of our country. And it all all roads lead back to Obama. Biden is a corrupt joke, most corrupt president in U.S. history, in my opinion, um, should be impeached. But I think all of you out there, you know, ought to be careful. Don't let Obama and all of these corrupt deep staters get away with this, because that's what's going to happen if you just go and impeach Biden without looking at all the criminals below it. John, we just have a couple minutes left, um, but you've just broke uh, news here in the last couple hours uh, about Michigan um, yeah. and that there was some evidence of voter fraud that was maybe covered up by the FBI. But in our last couple minutes here, John, talk to us about what you just broke here. What's really interesting, Muskegon police, Michigan State police, even the Democratic Attorney General of Michigan all agree that they found an operation that appeared to be processing 
fraudulent uh, ballot applications, people faking out, failing out fake names to get ballots sent to them. They know that the company that was doing it, they interviewed several of the people to do it. Even the Democratic attorney general thought there was something wrong here. They sent it to the FBI in 2021, and there it appears to have died. There's been no accident we can find in over a year on the case. We keep being told there's no there there in 2020. Nothing unusual happened. There's a lot there. We know the Iranians hacked into a voter database and ran a malign influence operation during the 2020 election. We know Wisconsin unlawfully approved two tactics for Democrats that ran up their vote totals, and it was later declared to be unlawful by the Wisconsin Supreme Court. Now we know Michigan stumbled onto not just a Michigan operation. They believe this operation that was collecting fraudulent ballot applications was operating nationwide in multiple states, including Pennsylvania and Georgia, in addition to Michigan. Uh, the FBI grabbed the case, and you've heard crickets ever since. We just right. broke that story today. Uh, yeah. it, there are legs to this. It's going to be an but important But, John, story. it also ties into what, I, what, what we were just talking about. All right. of this is related. This is another DOJ FBI cover-up. And meanwhile, DOJ and FBI are prosecuting the president of the United States for basically questioning the election results, which, of course, they've all done for, for the last 25 years. But here you have another piece of evidence that, I mean, just this alone, okay, if you know, the FBI had this information, DOJ had this information, uh, yeah, there would be reason for everybody in the United States to question why didn't we know about this? Because clearly there was fraud going on. John, um, you can follow John Solomon on True Social. Uh, but John, I know you got to get going. You got to get back to just the news. But thanks for thanks for being on this uh, week. Thanks, we'll thanks for having me on. Always love the conversation. Thank you. All right, folks. We'll catch you next week.